We're here with the 40th episode of Fear Frequency, and for our new listeners, it's a weekly horror podcast where we round up the latest horror news and review a movie or two. I'm your host, Jimmy Champagne. And I'm George Fazard. And if you're a new listener, we would really greatly appreciate it if you gave us a review on iTunes. And remember, you can always email us at fearfrequencypodcast at gmail.com, and we'll read your message on the show. This week, we actually have some fan mail. Oh, that's cool. From yeah. who? Uh, so the first fan mail is from Jordan Swearingen. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, he said, I, "I think that's right." <laughs> he said, "Hey guys, I just want to say your podcast is awesome, and I gave you five stars on iTunes because why not? Keep up the good work, and I can't wait for future episodes. I know you're really busy, which is which I totally understand, but I wrote a short horror story, and I'd like you guys to read and let me know what you think. So uh, thanks. We did read the yeah, short thanks, story, man. and uh, I haven't responded yet, but I'll send you an email soon." George will give you his notes. <laughs> and then uh, we also got fan mail from friend of the show, Ed Ader, who said, <laughs> As I eat leftover Taco Bell for breakfast, I just wanted to be the first schmuck to send you guys an email. Keep up the good work. Haha, <laughs> you're the second. <laughs> <laughs> you suck! <laughs> uh, I heard we have some iTunes reviews. Yeah, we also got a couple iTunes reviews. So, uh, first one is... Uh, titled Great Source of Horror News, Four Stars, from J. Mulch Plays. And he says, these guys know their stuff, fun to listen to, and a great place to hear horror news. Hell yeah. Thanks. Uh, second one is Great Podcast, Five Stars, by Giffy6. And he says, I love the podcast. I've been listening for a while, and I really enjoy what they have to say, even if I don't always agree. How could you disagree with us? <laughs> And uh, last new review we have is called Top Tier Cast from our buddies, uh, the Final Boys. Both and of them this time. Both of them. <laughs> and they said, not only are these guys good friends, but their podcast is amazing. Two great, well-spoken dudes that know way too much about horror. Thanks, guys. The only misaccurate part is that we're good friends. Because <laughs> I hate George. Yeah, it's just all a facade. <laughs> nah. I just told George to move out here because he's wasting his potential. <laughs> That's how much I hate him. Yeah. <laughs> but this week, we're coming at you live from Mexico, baby. Arumba. Hell yeah. Is that is that a thing? I don't think so. I caramba. Right, whatever. I caramba. That's what I meant. <laughs> we, have some, <laughs> we have some news stories about some new Blu-ray releases. We got a Stranger Things novel coming out. We got the Chilling Adventures of Sabrina news. And a review of Blumhouse's Truth or Dare, the unrated director's cut for you guys. But before we get into that, I'm getting an incoming transmission from Haddonfield, Illinois. It sounds like our friend, Dr. Sam Loomis, is once again dying. And that means we got a Halloween alert. So, first up here, this guy, he recut the Halloween 2018 trailer to make it look like a 1981 NBC commercial. And, like, I don't know how accurate it is because I'm not, I'm from, I was born in 1993, so, but it's good. <laughs> I, th- I think it's pretty good. Yeah, it's a cool effect. It's more than just putting an 80s filter on the trailer. It's yeah. recut with new voiceovers, and the effect is actually better done than I'd expect for just something that a fan would do on the side. Yeah, but, totally. Yeah, I thought that this was actually a really cool recut of the trailer. I'd like to almost see this as like a special feature on the blu-ray or something like a whole version of the movie yeah totally you know we've been watching a lot of halloween fan films for fun on the side and we're not gonna (laughs) name any names because not all of them are good uh but i like this more than a fan film because like 
I think naturally people are going to be more critical of a fan film than they are of a you recutting a trailer into a commercial. I think that's like, I think a it's a little more creative, honestly, because even though you're doing less work, you're probably, you know, being more original with it uh, than anyone would ever appreciate if you made a fan film. I think that's really cool. Yeah, and it's probably working with better source material than having to reshoot your own fan film on like a phone. Uh. Yeah, I mean, there's some bad ones coming out, you guys. <laughs> like, I, I, I just don't understand fan films. It's like, if you're going to get the whole group together, you're going to get all the equipment together, why would you ever make, you know, work with stuff that you don't own rather than making something original that you can write yourself? Like, even if you're making a Halloween fan film, you could just retool it, you know? You can make your own new killer up, like Vesley Learning. you know? <laughs> no one's ever used that name. right. Uh, you could be Hell House. INC. INC, yeah. <laughs> you know? Right, you don't necessarily, at least in that situation, you don't have to tie yourself down to a mythology that you didn't come up with yourself. So you can. Yeah, it's, it's selling yourself short, you know? Right. I mean, if you have the wherewithal to get a group together to make a fan film, you'd think you probably are creative enough to come up with. I mean, even a little bit of an original idea, even if it's a play on whatever you're doing it, whatever you're parodying, it's at least you can come up with a few things, and it's probably better if you do that rather than immediately being on, <laughs> looked at in a more critical light because you're uh, taking a look at something that is pretty beloved. Yeah, and, like, how much can you really do with Halloween, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, so I think this recut uh, trailer commercial thing is really cool it's the perfect length that you can share it you can watch the whole thing like you can show it to someone and they're not going to get bored it's just really good all around and the second thing we have on here is that rob zombies halloween is getting a steelbook and it's actually pretty cool uh i don't know if i'm gonna buy it but it's getting a steelbook blu-ray in october along with halloween one two and three hmm comes out october 2nd just in time for the early days of Halloween. I don't know. Halloween already started in my books, dude. <laughs> I'm all in. I got my fall beer. Yeah. Yeah, I got uh, a variety pack from Sierra Nevada. And you know what? Not really a fan of their beer. It doesn't taste very good, but they were the first one to come out with the big fall pack in my local area. So, you know, they, they, uh, they got the benefits. Yeah, killing it with the first mover advantage. They got my uh, money. <laughs> my $12. <laughs> but this collector's edition steelbook, it's pretty cool. It's got Rob Zombie's wife stripping on it, which, like, come on. Like, why? Like, what? what out of all the shit you're going to pick from the movie, you got, <laughs> you got little kid Michael in his clown mask. You got the weird paper mache pumpkin mask. You got Lori screaming. You've got Dr. Loomis pointing a gun. And you got fucking Sherry Moon Zombie up on the pole. Like, come on. Well, it's an integral part to the movie. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I don't know, I like this movie. I think it's a little too long in the beginning, but once Michael's, like, an adult and breaks out, it gets pretty good. Yeah, I don't mind brutal. it. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to get the steelbook, but it looks... I mean, I'm not, let's be honest. Yeah, but uh, it looks pretty, like, high quality. Like, the art's cool. I might get the steelbook for the other three if I don't already buy the uh, Halloween 4K release. Yeah, did we talk about last week that Halloween is rated R? The new one? I think so, yeah. Are you sure? 
I think so. I'm not sure. I don't know. I don't remember. So if we didn't, let us know. We'll talk about it next week. <laughs> uh, but then the last thing I have on the Halloween alert, I put up a Halloween 4 review on my YouTube channel. What do you, what do you think of it, George? I thought it was very well done. Thank you. I spent a lot of time on it. <laughs> More than I care to admit. I thought it was going to I thought it was going to be like a 3 or 4 hour project, you know, cuz like I've seen the movie so many times, like I know I know exactly what parts I want to talk about. I know exactly where to get the clips of what I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Turns out took a lot longer than I anticipated. I think <laughs> honestly start to finish took me about 15 hours to do that video. And I was really nervous that it was not going to perform well because it's not about the new Halloween. But my viewers turned out, uh, they watched it, they loved it. One old man tried to, you know, argue with me and say that the reason the mask looks like shit is because uh, it was a, it was done on purpose because it was a new mask because how would he have the old one? And to him I said, no, 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 you're wrong, sir. Uh, it w- looks like shit because... They made the masks from the original mold, but they came out pink with white hair. So they had to spray paint them and dye the hair. And that's why the masks look all pasty and like shit in Halloween 4. Also, someone took umbrage with the fact that I said Michael looks really stupid because he has no neck in this movie. And they're like, yeah, it's because the actor was wearing football pads. Jeez, dude, it's like... But why okay, would Michael wear football that, yeah. pads? <laughs> why, why did you put football pads on Michael Myers? Like, he was just a guy in the first movie, you know? Like, Nick Castle wasn't shredded or anything. He was a pretty tall, skinny dude. Right. Like, it's like a very average build. Like, well, he, Michael just looks so stupid in Halloween 4. <laughs> Every scene he's in, he looks dumb, except for when he's in the back of the pickup truck. That's the only scene he looks right in. And I, I found a bunch of shots going through it looking for clips... Uh, where you can see crew members on the edge of the screen. Just hanging out? Yeah. <laughs> I've never noticed this before, but I, you know, I got the movie. It's kind of high quality, the version I have. And uh, there's so many shots where you can see people like that are working on the movie in the, in the frame. And I don't know. This is another thing that really just stood out to me. I watched that documentary you sent me again on yeah. Halloween 4, 5, and 6. Mm-hmm. The director says, he's like, yeah, like D- Dwight H. Little, that's his name. He's like... The little man. Yeah. <laughs> the little man. He's like, uh, yeah, you know, I don't want to be tied down by Halloween 2, so basically the only canon movie in Halloween 4 is Halloween 1. It's like, what were you Which were is you just not true drunk? at all. <laughs> There's so many references to Halloween 2 and Halloween 4. Loomis has a burned face. They say that Michael was in a coma because Loomis set him on fire. Like... That's two, but there's many more. There's many more references to Halloween 2. Yeah, and Halloween I think you list out about 15 more in the review, so people should check that yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, those are just some things I learned while I was making it, and um, I th- my Mac Pro, it's getting old. It's, getting, it's aging. It's very slow. It's slow to render, uh, but it was a fun video to make. I will, I will say that, and I'm going to do Halloween 5 next for when I'm on vacation next week. Post a nice big Halloween five video. A much worse movie, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, people were like, uh, you know, you're a little harsh on Halloween four, and I was like, oh. just wait till next week, baby. <laughs> ah, you wait till Halloween six. I think my viewers think that I'm one of those people who's gonna come in and praise Halloween six, the producer's cut, mm-hmm. and that ain't happening. 
<laughs> so I hate that movie. <laughs> yeah, it there's sucks. very very little uh, good to say about that one. It's terrible. Um, but yeah, that's the Halloween alert for this week. Uh, so we're going to get into segment one. I thought this news story was kind of fun because this is something that we've been thinking about and like we've mentioned it a couple times on the show. So Riverdale is not going to cross over with The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, even though this show initially started out as a CW idea and it takes place in kind of Riverdale or it takes place in Greendale or something and it's in the same universe. They're not going to cross over and that's because the showrunner, Roberto Aguirre, Aguirre? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sacasa. Sa- Sa- <laughs> Roberto Aguirre Sacasa says, I think right now we're just making sure that the shows have their own identities and own set of rules. You know what? Pretty reasonable. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Um, I have no issue with that, that especially since this is being uh, run by Netflix more so than CW. So I'm really excited for this show. The key art is so good. All the stills they've released look great, and if they don't want to cross over with Riverdale, it probably means this show looks like it's a lot more higher quality. You right, know? right. <laughs> and which is good. Uh, I think after season two of Riverdale, it's essentially become a meme. Like all the episodes are kind of ridiculous. Uh, so I yeah. don't know how well this show would fit in there if it's trying to be like a dark, serious witchcraft show. Which Especially it if sounds... it's pulling from the comics. Right. Like the comics are so dark. Right, where you see all these, like, Lovecraftian monsters and H.P. Lovecraft is in it. And yeah, she's in like hell. Yeah, dogs with huge nutsacks <laughs> in every frame. So, I don't know how that would jive with Archie. I don't know what he would do if he saw a dog with a huge nutsack coming for him. Right. K.J. Appa. <laughs> so, yeah, that show's coming out in October, though. I'm real excited for it. Uh, next up on here, Evil Evil Dead 1 is getting a 4K Blu-ray release. And the press release said, I thought this was funny, so I, I figured I'd put it down here. Uh-huh. Experience four times the resolution of full HD with 4K, as well as Dolby Vision HDR, to bring to life the stunning cinematography of the supernatural horror film. When compared to a standard picture, Dolby Vision can deliver spectacular colors never before seen on screen. Highlights that are up to 40 times brighter, and blacks that are 10 times darker. I think this is funny, because the original Evil Dead... Looks like it was filmed through a screen door. <laughs> no, dude, that was totally filmed with Dolby Vision. You hear how great Dolby yeah. Vision is? <laughs> I I just, I don't understand. I wish, is we talked about this, right? Evil Dead 2 is going to get a 4K Blu-ray, Blu-ray release as well, right? Yeah. Because that's the one I want. I want the remake, and I want Evil Dead 2. I feel like at this point, Evil Dead 1 should be a bonus feature on the Evil Dead 2 Blu-ray. Yeah, Evil Dead is kind of a strange series because Evil Dead 2 retells the first one in it. And makes it better. And makes it better. Like, it's as if one was a... Well, one was basically like a college film. And then... She shot it over like multiple years and had to use different actors for certain characters. Right. So once people like it was saw more it, an though, achievement. he got the budget to do two and was like well people didn't see one so i'm going to retell one and then progress the story and make it all look better so i don't know why i mean there's probably a lot of diehard fans that want to have all three of them on 4k but uh personally i prefer two over one by a a decent margin me too 
Uh, but if you want that, you can check it out on October 9th. And next up on here, we got The Fog coming back into theaters on October 26th from a new 4K scan. So once again, I hope this ends up uh, on a 4K Blu-ray because I want The Fog in 4K Blu-ray. That's a good-looking movie. Yeah, that would be awesome to get a home release of in 4K. And it seems like they might be doing the same thing that they did with Halloween where they had those yeah. theater releases of it everywhere and then now that's coming out on 4K Blu-ray. So, it, you know. Maybe they'll show it at Telluride. That would be awesome. That would be really cool yeah. to see it there. We are so excited for Telluride. Yeah, I can't wait for Telluride. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to check out The Fog regardless. Uh, it's coming out right before Halloween weekend, so or Halloween week, I guess. Yeah, October. October 26th is probably a Friday, right? Yeah, probably. Let me check. Yeah, so I don't know. I, uh, they just added this to Shudder. It was really weird. They put out this like list of movies that were coming to Shudder in August, and then the next day... They were like, hey, we added uh, Assault on Precinct 13, uh, In the Mouth of Madness, and The Fog, three of Carpenter's best movies. <laughs> Have you ever seen Assault on Precinct 13? I think it's like his first movie. No, I haven't actually seen that one. Uh, it's pretty good. It's just really, the audio mixing is so bad on Shudder. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> people are so quiet when they talk. And then whenever any action happens, it's it's impossible to watch that without constantly adjusting the volume. It was <laughs> A living hell for me. <laughs> I think it's just the way the movie is mastered or something because I googled it and people were complaining about that on like other releases of it too. Oh yeah, it's just a widespread issue. I I don't know how you'd fix something like that either. It's right. just bizarre. It, it, like but, you said, uh, it probably is something in the master if it's just yeah. like not mixed well in the like actual file. <laughs> they also uploaded Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows. Oh yeah, I can't wait to I watch was, that. I watched it last night. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I watched it last night. But anyways, <laughs> we got another news story on here that you put on, so I'll let you read it. It's a movie that I haven't actually seen. Yeah, so uh, one of the movies that was on the Joe Bob last drive-in was uh, The Legend of Boggy Creek, which is sort of a Bigfoot legend story that came out in the 70s. And Is it good? It's interesting. <laughs> it's kind of a strange story. There's not a lot of the okay. monster it's a lot of uh that's weird it sounds like willow creek did i watch that with you i'm not sure all right but there's a lot of the locals and basically the director uh directed it was the cameraman acts in it his family acts in it and he sings in multiple songs throughout the movie wow (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like a, like hobgoblins you know like that guy did everything <laughs> yeah it's it's really crazy but uh one thing about the movie that's kind of tough is they he literally jury rigged a camera together like hillbilly put together a camera to film the movie with so Whoa. it doesn't look the best so the fact that this is now getting a 4k release might improve that a little bit um from what this article says uh, the restoration is being performed using the original negative from the Technicolor and original prints. The elements are uh, also being stored and cared for by this uh, film museum. So it sounds like, hopefully, it'll look a lot better in this 4K release. I I looked at the art for it with that, like, it's orange and it's got the hairy guy uh-huh. running or something. That's a really creepy piece of art. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> 
the movie isn't really that scary because it's so old and so. Have you ever been scared by a movie? Honestly, I mean, I feel like I've been creeped out by movies. What's the sca- most scared you've ever been watching a movie? I don't know. It's a big question. Well, deliver. <laughs> um, I'd say the first time I watched Paranormal Activity, I was pretty freaked out. Oh, okay. I wasn't there, so can't confirm or deny it, listeners. <laughs> what about you? But, uh, uh, when we were watching As Above, So Below, oh. <laughs> and my mom ran around the house and fucking knocked on the window. Yeah, that was no good. Yeah, that was pretty scary. I didn't like that. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I don't know. I'm not going to buy this because it's on Shutter. but I'm glad they're restoring it. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it looks restored. I might get it just to check out how much better it looks, but I would say definitely check out the, uh, the Joe Bob commentary on it. Okay, I will. Thank you. So next on here, NECA is making 13-pound wall-mounted predator and alien heads. Yeah, they have like a scale photo where like a woman is standing next to one of them, and oh my god, they're huge! Yeah, they're like three I thought they feet were, long. They're <laughs> I thought they were like gonna be the size of like I don't know PS4 game case, but they're massive. No, they're like the size of a small child. Also, I wish they would have said how tall this lady is because they cut off at like her thigh. <laughs> Like, that doesn't give me a sense of scale. I don't know how big her head is. They should have put a quarter next to it. <laughs> but these things are fucking huge, man. Yeah, I mean... I mean, they say life-size. So, are we assuming that a predator's head is, like, that big? I mean, it must be, right? Yeah, I mean, if it's too scale, predators are big boys. I want the alien one. It looks awesome. Yeah, that does look cool. I feel like if you get one, though, you kind of have to get both. Yeah, definitely. That's totally right. <laughs> oh, shit, dude. They're going to be 399 each. <laughs> Woo. Uh, not buying that in yeah, November. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty penny right there. But they look pretty quality, at least. Like, yeah, yeah, You're getting yeah, yeah. what you pay for. They're huge, and you can mount them on the wall, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and so one of the other cool things with NECA now is that since Toys R Us is closed, people were worried about where they'd be able to get NECA figures that aren't, like, marked the shit up. Uh-huh. Uh, and now they're in every Target. Oh, nice. Starting last week, they're rolling into Targets. They'll have their own section. And NECA is, like, stocking them themselves. Mm-hmm. So they get to dictate on, like, what's going to stores and what isn't. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, next here we have... Stranger Things companion novel is coming, and it's called uh, Worlds Turned Upside Down, and it says journey deep into the story of Stranger Things with a definitive behind-the-scenes companion that reveals every single aspect of the Emmy-winning series that rekindled everyone's nostalgia for the 80s. All right, yeah, take a step back. Yeah, there. pump the brakes a little uh, bit there. Yeah, pump the brakes. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Brought to life with exclusive color photos and gorgeous concept art, the volume is essential for any fan exploring the show's development from page to screen. Is this the book that we talked about before that we thought was going to be like a novel? Because that sounded way cooler when I thought it was going to be a novel. This sounds almost like a coffee table book. Like a behind the scenes look at how the show is being made. And the other one is like a YA book about... That's that's what I want. I'm going to read that. Yeah. So, um... I don't know. I probably won't get this personally. <laughs> I mean, I, I got other stuff to buy. I really like this the like show. So but many. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't I know. I love the show. 
if I'm interested enough to buy a behind the scenes book about it. Dude, there's so many video games coming out this fall. Like, <laughs> I don't got time to buy a book. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, do you think anyone is going to buy this? I mean, I don't know. Personally, though, I don't think I need this, so I'll probably... I want the young adult book. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see like a legit story based in that same universe, but I don't know about behind-the-scenes photos. I mean... Can I just look up that online or something? No. You're not allowed to. Oh. I just got blocked. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> from the internet. They said, uh, George, you cannot look up set photos from Stranger Things. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Foiled again. Uh, so Blumhouse is putting out a movie called Boogeyman Pop, I guess. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be wide release or what, but the trailer's pretty cool. It's like very neon and has some good music in it. And it's an anthology movie, so you know we're all about that. And it's called uh, Boogeyman Pop. And in it, a bat-wielding masked killer in a rusted-out Cadillac weaves in and out of three interlocking stories awash in sex, drugs, punk rock, black magic, and broken homes, baby. Did you watch this trailer? Yeah, I thought this actually looks really cool. The song in it was so good. Yeah, the music's great. That shot when the bat hits the ground, I was like, ooh, that's pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, it's cool to see a modern slasher movie. I feel like we haven't gotten one of those in a while. Do you remember that one we watched, uh, Desolation? No, I try to forget. God, that was bad. <laughs> you know what other like, movie I liked and what? forgot came out? Uh, Deadpool 2. Yeah. I completely forgot <laughs> I saw that. I thought it was okay. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was alright. But yeah, I don't know. This Boogeyman Pop movie looks pretty sweet. I, I want to know more about when we'll be able to actually watch it. Because they're putting it in theaters in New York City soon. There's like two showings of it. And I guess it was playing overseas at a couple different places. But I'd, I'd love to see it. I feel like that is something where they're testing it out to see what the reaction's yeah. like. And then they might do like what A24 is doing with uh, Into the Silver Lake. Where they're testing to see how people react to it. And then they're going to choose oh, a release Why do you got to bring it. that up, dude? Twist the knife a bit. I'm just saying. You're supposed to have already seen that movie. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think that's what they're doing with it. Yeah. But uh, it looks cool. Yeah, you can check out the trailer on Vimeo, I guess. I'll read the link. Are you ready, guys? <laughs> oh, my God. HTTPS colon slash slash Vimeo.com slash 28273824. That's the link. If any of you actually went to that link, please send us a tweet. Yeah, like, let us know. (laughs) (laughs) That's the only way I think you can watch this trailer. I don't know why it's Vimeo link either, not YouTube, but who knows? Uh, You put these last two ones on here, so I'll let you handle it. Yeah, so a little bit of news come out about The Nun, the next movie in the Conjuring Cinematic Universe, and it comes with the promise of less CGI. So uh, Corn Hardy said that it's a bigger movie in many ways, that's something like The Hollow, but it's also a grounded movie that will that we're doing a lot of it for real. Um, there's very little CGI, actually less CGI even, than The Hollow. We're concentrating more on the complex choreography and mind trickery. Uh, yeah, when I was on the set, he basically said the same thing, and I am all about that. I think this movie looks really cool. 
I just think Halloween is kind of eating its lunch, you know? Yeah. Like, this movie comes out next month, and nobody is talking about it. That seems weird, though, to me. Like, the trailer was really good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's great. Everything yeah, in that universe... It has universe, a jump scare, and I still like it. For the most part, is good. I the mean, only Annabelle... bad thing in that whole universe is Annabelle 1, and it's not even that bad. I think it's underrated. Right, so... I feel like they should have more hype around it. I haven't seen anybody talk about it. But this is one that I think is going to make probably a big splash when it comes out. I think it'll probably make a lot of money. I hope I can see this one a little early. Uh, I got to see Annabelle early. That was pretty fun. Yeah, um, but I'm happy to hear it's less CGI, more practical. I mean, the only thing that I really had to complain about Conjuring 2 was some of the CGI was pretty bad. Like, the Crooked Man looked Dude, that guy's terrible. that's all prosthetic. There's no CGI on him. I disagree. It's it's not CGI. James <laughs> Wan was tweeting about it. He was like, dog, the Crooked Man is not CGI. He looks too good because he's real. Have you seen the guy? I think his name's Javier Botet. He's fucking all lanky and can twist his <laughs> body around. He can do that. It's a really cool costume. They're well, giving him his own movie. Oh. I did hear about he, but, that, actually. Yeah. But I, wa- I watched The Conjuring 2, and I totally agree that he looks like CGI. Yeah. Like, There's when like he's twisting some, around and stuff. It's like a weird, like, filter on him or something. I don't know. Or, like, they superimposed or rotoscoped in, like, a pop-up book style thing, like the Babadook or whatever. Yeah. And then they just, like, it didn't mix well with the world or something, maybe? I mean, I don't know. I wasn't on that set. I wish I was. Yeah. I'd love to know how they shot that. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what that was, but... Um... I'm, it's cool to hear that this is going to have less CGI and more practical effects. And uh, as yeah. you said from the set visit, dogs with huge nut sacks. Oh, yeah, dude. I made that joke so many times I forgot where I actually saw the dog <laughs> with the huge nut sack. It was in Romania. <laughs> Fuck. That was such a cool set visit. I don't know. I really love The Conjuring, dude. I think they're great. I think they're underrated. I think people, like, turn their nose up at that franchise for some reason, and I don't understand why. They're legitimately scary. They're well-crafted movies. Like, and I remember when the original Conjuring was about to come out. I remember, me and you, we went to see The Purge. Do you remember this? And they Uh had the trailer for The Conjuring before it. And we were like, man, that looks like shit. That looks so bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, I do remember that. What a fucking bad-looking movie. And then we went and saw it, and we were like, oh, my God, that was amazing. Yeah. That was when we saw The Purge 1. Right, The Purge 1. In theaters. Yeah. That was such a long time ago, dude. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, but, I, I mean, I really like that franchise, so I'm happy to see that this is probably going to be another good addition. Yeah. Um, love then, the love the title card in the original Conjuring. Oh yeah, the big Exorcist font. Oh God, it's so good. <laughs> reminds reminds me of that gift from the Exorcist three I sent you, oh, the lady <laughs> with the sword. I love that gift. <laughs> uh, and then our we're rounding out with our last news story. Uh, Evan McGregor says that. Why are you calling him Evan? <laughs> Ewan McGregor says that Mike Flanagan's against Doctor Sleep is very faithful to the book. So, did you just do that to like <laughs> fuck with me? Because it's written out right. <laughs> I just did it to mess with you. But uh, Ewan McGregor was on Conan the other night, and he said that it's very faithful to the book. He said, if you've read the novel, that's the story we're going to tell. So not nice. a lot of information there, but it's going to be weird how they're going to incorporate 
the Shining story into this this yeah. movie. I agree. It's gonna be weird. I I don't know, man. Mike Flanagan, Mike Flanagan, just never never really hits with me. Yeah, like, I've seen a lot of people say one criticism I saw of him that I'm not sure I agree with 100%, but I thought was kind of interesting, was that he feels like he has no voice, that he almost just tells the story that's on the page, and that's it. Like, there's yeah, nothing no, unique yeah, that's it. about was, his directing style. I was style. literally just going to say, he doesn't show, he tells. Like, right. there's no distinct visual nature to anything he's made, honestly. like. Right, like, everything I, just kind of feels like cookie-cutter almost. And... Um, I just I don't know if that is going to fit for something that is going to have to bridge the gap between. I mean, it's not going to be the same shining character as the movie right. that everybody's seen. It's a shining character from the book that nobody's read. So, this, this seriously is like adapting the like middle of a trilogy. Right. Like I don't think you can consider the original Shining as the first movie in this, like, universe. No, because like, the, the original they Shining... Re- they should have done The Shining again and yeah. followed the book more faithfully and then made this. Yeah, right? if they, if they like, really wanted to there? do, like, this trilogy of, um, like, Doctor Sleep and The Shining and then I forget the one that comes after it, but um, if they wanted to do that, the whole trilogy, they should have started with a new Shining. The only issue is if anybody touches The Shining everyone's going to compare it to Kubrick's version and hate it immediately. Yeah, I, I agree. But also, they could follow the book more faithfully. They could have Mike Flanagan do it. Netflix could do this so easily. Like, they could... Because Mike Flanagan obviously has proven that he knows how to literally follow a book, you know? Yeah. Page by page. He could do that with The Shining, because, you know, one of the big criticisms of Stanley Kubrick's Shining is that it's not really that much like the book. Uh, I don't know if that's like an actual criticism but that's something people complain about and it, i think if they just started over and like did the shining then dr sleep and whatever the third one is that neither of us can remember i think that would have been smarter i don't know i mean i i want to act like i want to give them the benefit of the doubt and be like yes yeah, we'll probably be good I'm probably worried about nothing but i haven't honestly loved a single one of his movies i think hush is all right i think uh oculus is bad like downright just bland <laughs> I don't like that movie. Uh, wait, did this guy do the Ouija sequel? Because I like that movie. No, he did um, Gerald's Game. I, I did not like... Do you guys, If you're an uh, older listener, <laughs> you know how much I don't like Gerald's Game. That that movie was not very good. No. The best, the cool, the cool part in that was when uh, she rips her hand off. Yeah, that was done really well. I like that. Um, uh, no, he did. A Ouija Origin of Evil. So I oh, like that he? one. Yeah. I think Before I Wake, I didn't like that one that much. Did he do Lazarus Effect? No. Okay. Who did that? Doesn't matter. Unimportant. Um, yeah, right. It's well, just... Uh, this is going to exist in a weird limbo. It's going to be really hard to pull this off because... <laughs> no, I agree completely. It, it's just going to be a strange way... You know, people are going to expect the story of, like, the Danny Torrance that they know from the original Shining 
done by Kubrick, and then they're going to see a completely different character on screen. Not completely different, but very much has a whole different uh, experience with the Overlook Hotel. He's a completely different man. I mean, I'm assuming they're going to probably have some flashbacks to him as a kid, and then they're probably going to be reimagining right. scenes from the original Shining that people aren't going to be too happy about. So... Yeah, do you think they'll use the Overlook... Like, the the hotel they used for the Overlook in that original Shining? Like, if they have flashback scenes and stuff? Well... Like... It'll be tough. That's It's so weird, right? Yeah. It's, it is bizarre. It's just a really weird situation. Yeah, it's it's strange. I don't. I think it's going to be really hard to pull it off right, and I don't know if Flanagan can do it. I, I hope he can prove me wrong. And yeah, I I mean obviously, like it's I don't hate him as a person or anything, and I think he's like a competent director. And I I'm happy that other people find things to like in his movies. I just I don't want to say soulless, but like that's how I've always felt about most of his movies. I, a Ouija Origin of Evil is like a huge standout for me as a movie that's very good, but it's held back by the fact that it's working with a plot that was laid out in extreme detail to a weird point in the original Ouija, uh-huh. and it can't deviate from that at all. So, like, the worst stuff in that movie isn't his fault. Whereas, like, with Gerald's game, I think he could have easily changed that ending, and the movie would have been the better for it. You know, like. Well, he changed the ending from the book. What happens in the book? I thought he literally went with the ending from the book. No, I think he slightly changed the ending from the book. Like, I think when she goes to the courtroom at the end, spoilers, the oh my uh, God. the giant man isn't there. Ugh, Jesus Christ, that was so cringy. <laughs> like, can you imagine if someone did that in real life? Like, walked into a murder trial and, like, yelled at the... Like, what? <laughs> you don't own me. What did she say? Probably that. I don't remember. I mean, I really like uh, Carlo Gugino, too. You know what movie's great she's in? Uh, San Andreas? She's good in that show. That movie is (laughs) really underrated. It's fucking awesome, dude. (laughs) That is, like, the best rock action movie I've seen in years. I think it's the same guy who made that skyscraper one that just bombed he was in. Oh, man. I didn't see it. I didn't either. Well, I wasn't with you. Like, you're the only person I'm going to go see that with. Uh, We saw... San Andreas, there was a tornado outside, and the movie was loud enough that we didn't hear any of the sirens. Oh, and yeah. Then we walked out, and there was that. like a, a knocked over tree in the movie theater parking lot. <laughs> Great. Real effective. Could have been swept away. Warning system. But yeah, I mean, I hope he does this movie right, honestly. Like, I'm going to see it because I like Stephen King stories, but something about it. Yeah, it's definitely going to be hard to pull off, but it seems like it has at least a big enough budget to where they can do it right if it's all put in place the right way i mean having ewan mcgregor as the main character is pretty big i agree so hopefully it's well it's done well but um it's it's gonna be tough tough to pull off for sure uh yeah when is it coming out uh january 24th 2020 that's a long way off yeah we got a little bit of time before that's that's out dude i'll believe this movie's coming out when i see it like (laughs) That's way early. Uh, but yeah, before we get to segment two, I want to give you guys an update on a game. So I went back and I played Dead by Daylight last night for like five hours. Because I was waiting. So basically, we were the reason, guys, we need to tell you this. The reason we're posting this episode late tonight is because uh, yesterday Ryan Turk tweeted a, a knife emoji. 
And then immediately after, Blumhouse tweeted out a poll that was like, uh, who suffers more? You waiting for Trailer 2 or Michael Myers' victims? And, you know, everyone delivered, honestly, and <laughs> voted for, uh, for us. us waiting for Trailer yeah. 2. <laughs> so when I saw the knife from Ryan Turk, I was like, you know, he usually uses pumpkins as the countdown, but this is still weird timing. So we were like, we didn't want to record an episode last night and have a Halloween trailer drop this morning, you know? Right, because then we'd miss a huge news thing that we'd like to talk about as soon as it's out. Yeah, and if there was a risk of them dropping it last night, I would have had to make a video on it, and it just would have been logistically pretty hard to do an episode last night. So while I was waiting for that trailer to potentially drop, I started playing Dead by Daylight on uh, my laptop. And you know what, dude? They fucking, they turned that game around, like, big time. Uh, The menu system, totally reworked. Progression, totally reworked. The way you select characters is more like Overwatch now. So, like, if you don't have the DLC, there's no, like, hang-ups at all. The map rotation is, like, set, but uh, you just can't access the characters you haven't bought. Mm -hmm. But I was playing with, like, launch characters and Laurie Strode and everyone. It ran great. The game runs so smoothly on my laptop, which is uh, 1060. I was getting 60 frames a second, 1080p ultra. The game looks great. They added some good fog effects. The maps are nice and spooky. Uh... And I, I don't know if they changed the art style of Michael Myers, but I distinctly remember him looking like the H20 Michael. But this time around, he looked like he fit into the Dead by Daylight universe. So I thought that was cool. Yeah, uh, I haven't touched this game at all since um, the Michael Myers DLC came out. And I played a little bit with you when that dropped. But um, yeah, I haven't touched it in a long time. So I'm happy to hear that they've made some big uh, improvements on it since then. Yeah, I won a couple matches too. It was awesome. I was... Like, it was a little rough at first, I was getting frustrated, but uh, by the end of the night, I was carrying my team, so it was, like, easy to figure out, you know? It's a lot of fun. Uh And uh, the reason I want to bring it up is, A, because we've talked shit about that game a lot, based (laughs) on our initial impressions of it, and B, uh, it's the free PS Plus game this month, so you can actually go download it right now for free, Yeah, if you have a PlayStation and you're subscribed to that. Might as well check it out. Yeah, so... uh, With that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with our review of Blumhouse's Truth or Dare, Unrated Director's Cut. Alright guys, we're back from a quick break, and this week we're talking about Blumhouse's Truth or Dare, colon, Unrated Director's Cut. The only reason I keep repeating that is because that's what it is on the box of the DVD or blu-ray or whatever and uh uh i don't know we're gonna spoil it that's where i think i'll start on this so if you haven't seen it yet and you don't want it spoiled uh there's not really a lot to spoil it's a pretty thin movie but you've been warned uh you know what i really i went in with extremely low expectations and they were exceeded not because i think it's a good movie because I think the the plot line is very shallow and thin and like hard to work with still, but I think they did the best they could with it. Yeah. Um, is I, that fair? Like, does that make sense? Yeah, I think the issue is more with the plot and how situations are worked out more so than really like acting ability or set design or choreography or anything like that. I think it, it looks good as a movie but i just think that it's a tough <laughs> it's a tough sell when the whole thing is based around a game of truth or dare that kills you like that's 
kind of a dumb idea, and yeah, it's done the best it can be, but it's so weird of a concept that it can't really it can't really be done that great if you know what i mean yeah so if fo- if you if you're assuming going into this right that it's going to follow that classic uh it's it's like this weird genre of movie that blumhouse exclusively does with universal like the original ouija comes to mind or the lazarus effect where they get a bunch of high profile actors at the time whether they be tv actors or uh you know movie actors like uh, a Ouija had the girl. What's her name from uh, Bates Motel? Oh yeah, I forget what her name is, but I know who you're talking about. She's great. It had some other people in it too. And then Lazarus Effect had Donald Glover, Olivia Wilde, the kid from American Horror Story that everyone loves and mm-hmm. wants to kiss. And then now this comes out, and it's got Tyler Tyler Posey from Teen Wolf. It's got Lucy Hale from Pretty Little Liars. You know. It's, like, exactly that caliber of movie, but this one had... Uh, it, it, I felt like they tried with it this time around, where Lazarus Effect felt like, look at all these people we got together. Here's a weird plot about bringing people back to life, and they're evil. Well, it was, like, whatever, and Ouija is just a bad movie. Yeah. So... I'd say it's the best of that kind of genre, but that's not really saying a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, like... If you're going into it thinking, like, hey, this is going to be a movie where teens are all hanging out, they do something stupid. A couple, one or a couple of them get killed. They go to find some old woman who tells them, like, how to beat it, maybe very vaguely, and then they fail. That's that's the exact f- structure this movie is following. Yeah. So you know exactly what's going to happen going into it, and it just felt it was kind of dumb though that they tried to to make it look like uh the the truth or dare game was like. A Mexican demon making people play this game. Yeah, it's weird that... I mean, even at one point, when they come to the conclusion that the game of Truth or Dare has been possessed by the demon, I forget what the demon's name is, but that the game itself is possessed, and that's that's the force that's making them act it out or else they die. And that, as a concept, is so stupid. Yeah, yeah. I just, like, I don't know if anybody could ever suspend disbelief enough to kind of get behind that. Yeah, so, <laughs> the plot of it is, the setup here, Lucy Hale, this, this is, the whole movie starts something, like, puts a sour taste in your mouth. She's, like, trying to go on this mission trip for her last spring break, and then her friend Violet, uh... I just read what you called her. Uh, her friend Violet uh, is like, hey, you're coming on spring break with us. She's like, no, I'm not. And she's like, well, actually, I called the the like mission people and told them you got shingles and you can't go. So you're coming <laughs> with us to Mexico. And she's like, well, all right, like, I'll guess. go to Mexico with you guys. I and guess I'll go to Mexico like, instead of Habitat for Humanity and build homes for the homeless. It's like, did you, did you really have to go that far? So they go to Mexico and... Uh, you know, they're all dancing. They're all drinking tequila, presumably. Mm-hmm. They're at some club that only has 15 people at it <laughs> and has no no licensed music. And uh, this other American kid is like, hey, what up? Uh, I'm, he plays really nice. And then he invites them all to this sick-ass abandoned castle on the coast of Mexico. And he's like, let's play Truth or Dare. And uh, what's her name? Lucy Hale, she wants to give the guy a couple kisses so she's like yeah we'll put truth truth or dare and 
he infects them with the monster from It Follows, but this time it's the game of truth or dare. Right. <laughs> and and it, uh, that's exactly the best way to describe it. <laughs> the, the weirdest thing about this movie is that it bogs itself down by making every main character have some extremely unlikable aspect about them. Like, they all have, well, most of them have major character flaws for no reason. Like, it turns out that Violet, I mean, she gets the worst. It turns out her dad's a rapist and he killed himself. And she's, like, a former heroin addict. And that the only reason she wanted Lucy Hale's character to come is uh, so she could cheat on her boyfriend. It's like, (laughs) and then she doesn't die. It's like, you set this person up as, like, a living fucking Darth Vader or some (laughs) shit. Like, you don't even kill her. The only person they actually, like, one of the only people they kill is, like, a dude who doesn't know any better. Like, he's annoying. It's like, this dude's like, hey, what's up? I want to see some titties. (laughs) Like, they kill him, but it's like, all right. Yeah, and they also kill a guy whose character flaw is that he wants to live, so he invites all these people to the game. Like, he doesn't want to be the next person to die, so he invites all these people out to save himself, which is, like, not a good quality. Like, it makes you bad, but you understand where he's coming from. Yeah, right, right. And it's like, with the the, the gay kid, what's his name? Um, Brad. Hayden Seto. Hayden Seto. So his whole thing is his dad's, like, the the police chief right like and his dad's like a super man's man and he's like you, you think he's gonna be like oh i don't want no gay kid in my house but like they sh- the scene where the truth or dare game makes the kid come out to his dad happens off screen and there is virtually zero resolution at all yeah it's really strange it's like, the dad just seems like a really nice guy like i don't see why yeah. you wouldn't tell your dad that you're gay if he's he tells his dad he's gay and then the friends are like are you okay and he's like yeah i feel great yeah he's like no my dad's like really cool so he didn't care at all and he's really nice to me so he was just like yeah that's fine like whatever and it's like i don't know maybe show that in the movie or something (laughs) yes i don't know it's it's weird um that's just so tonally off and you're like this movie is just fucking made for my girlfriend kelsey (laughs) they're like hey kelsey we got this girl from Pretty Little Liars. <laughs> we got the hot guy from Teen Wolf. You, you want to watch it? Want to watch our movie? And she's like, Yeah, yeah. And even she was like, What the what the fuck was that part? Also, <laughs> like that threw her off. The progression of the game is not done in a subtle or interesting way. It's just like they they immediately find a loophole where they're like, Well, if we just say truth all the time, what's the worst it's gonna do? Like, you can't truth us to do anything. We'll just say stuff, and then we'll just forgive each other. Like, it's not a big deal. And then, um, it's like, oh, just kidding. Because the last people who played the game did two truths and a lie, if you do a truth, and the next person has a truth, then you have to do a dare. So. The way it plays out is, like, they were filming the movie, and everyone kept saying truth. And then one (laughs) of the actors was like, how are any of us going to die? Excuse me? (laughs) Can we think up another rule? And then we're like, oh yeah, shit. Like you're right. Yeah, like, we just had like there? three hours of just people doing truth stuff. I don't. Oh, oh boy. We gotta re- we gotta put a little bit of a little bit of conflict in here. But there's a throat slitting scene, and it looks great. Looks awesome. So why did this movie have one of those that looks great, made by Universal, but the first Purge has the worst throat sitting scene of all time it's weird right yeah did you notice that it's really weird um (laughs) i don't know if that was a thing where 
because this is the quote unrated director's cut maybe they were able to go in and have like a more professional team go in and make that I guess. update or something but i don't know what was unrated about this movie either like nothing even stood out enough to make it feel like it should be rated r yeah i mean nothing was that violent it felt like a pg-13 movie the entire time so i don't know (laughs) uh i don't know what's what's so unrated i feel like i got duped by the unrated director's cut branding (laughs) uh but my favorite kill obviously in the whole movie was uh there's a girl who's like they just set her up to be a complete alcoholic like she's always just chugging a fucking fifth of vodka and shit Mm -hmm. uh and i mean that's the only indicator that she's an alcoholic like she never has bags under her eyes her hair is fine like she look, her skin looks great her complexion's amazing her name's penelope and then they're like no this this girl's an alcoholic like we're telling you this girl's an alcoholic so the truth or dare game (laughs) makes her walk around the edge of her roof until she chugs an entire fifth of vodka and then the extra layer on top of that, besides the fact she's walking around the second story of a house, is that there's, like, a fence around the house that has spikes on it. And then so, you know, like, her friends try and save her by putting... By taking a, a mat- mattress and walking around the edge of the house with it, like, as if they're going to catch her with this <laughs> mattress. Yeah, and the, but the, they fold it over one of the spiked fence things, like, very lightly. They just, like, you know, fold it over. And then the spikes are, like... <laughs> like straight through it it's like <laughs> did someone pull down on it like what <laughs> and then you want to hear something else that's really weird when that part happened uh the uh the girl's like the game told me i had to walk around the roof uh, until i finished this fifth and then my google home goes no rush <laughs> out of nowhere isn't that haunting that's kind of creepy honestly that's the creepiest thing about the whole movie it responded to the movie in contact <laughs> it was insane that like, freaked me out like google home knew like hey this is a pretty common request we have people walking around the roof with fifths of vodka don't rush it like if you rush it you're gonna fall off so just it's like take take it at your own pace google voice she was like no rush and i was like oh what the fuck bizarre <laughs> that is really creepy honestly and then the girl doesn't even die she just gets shot <laughs> like what yeah there's the deaths oh. are pretty bad in general. No, I like when the the lady gets lit on fire. That effect was pretty good. That didn't look like CGI at all. <laughs> yeah, that was okay. Um, one of the worst scenes in the whole movie, though. Well, the worst effect in the whole movie is whenever you either neglect to do the truth or the dare, or when the monster is telling you what to do, uh, the effect just puts a really bad shit-eating grin oh. on whoever's talking to you. <laughs> and it's pretty bad. it looks terrible. <laughs> and it's a, it is such a stupid-looking effect that it is not creepy at all. It, it Like, it has to be put in for, like, comedic effect or something. It looks so bad. Yeah. I was impressed that when uh, Lucy Hale has to get her hand broken, that they actually left a cast on her the rest of the movie. Yeah, instead <laughs> of like, just, like... She goes to the hospital and she walks out with a brand new robot hand or something. Yeah, that part, uh, when she gets hit with the hammer, I was like, damn, that would hurt. And she's like, ow. Ow. <laughs> that did hurt. So, uh, I was like, yeah, you're, re- you're really selling it, Lucy Hale. And they're like, I don't comment on this a lot, but Lucy Hale looks way too old for her role. Like, honestly. 
I was like, there's no way this girl's in college. I looked her up, she's 29. She has face wrinkles. <laughs> like, I don't care, obviously, because, like, I don't know, she's pretty cute, but they really just wildly miscast her, I think, age-wise. Yeah, it, it, it's weird. I mean, I don't think... I mean, she looks about the same age as the rest of the cast, I guess, but none of them really look like college students. Yeah. Um, they all look like... 25 year olds so <laughs> that's kind of weird and i mean the the whole plot is just so muddy they add like all these stupid twists to it they have to go back to mexico <laughs> they have this whole ritual that they try to do at the end that's like also really stupid and then the final resolution is that they don't even like kill the game they lose yeah the the guy it turns out the guy who's starts this whole thing has to cut his tongue out after repeating spanish seven times and he i don't know how long it takes someone to cut their tongue out but like takes him about 45 seconds and then he just gets shot and dies <laughs> before he gets his tongue out because <laughs> they can't sacrifice his tongue they can't like cut it out he's got to do it right it has to be of his own free will so once he's dead it's like well i guess we're stuck here i guess the demon's just gonna be alive from now on yeah, but like, I, I don't know, I don't want to be too harsh on the movie because it's not made for us, right? Yeah. It's clearly not made for us. I mean, us. it's definitely for, like, a young, younger teen and, audience. They, they said Snapchat in it <laughs> once, but despite that, like, there's, there's the plot holes and, like, the kills are dumb. I, I know I would have really liked it if I was the key demographic age. If I was, like, 16 or 17... I think I would have liked this movie. Yeah, I, I think that's probably an element of that. And, like, I had fun watching it. Like, it didn't feel like a cash grab. You know, like, it felt like someone had a low budget, like, because they spent all their money casting these massive TV stars, and then he he did what he could with it, and I think he did an okay job. Like, I think the biggest problem with it is the writing more than the directing. I think it was well-directed. The shots were well-blocked. The, the Except for the weird face thing, the CGI was pretty good. Uh, the kills that you do see, like, looked great in, in comparison to some of, you know, Universal's recent offerings yeah. in the horror genre. Uh, and it really isn't going to subvert your expectations. Like, I feel like the second this movie's trailer was l released, you either knew exactly what you were getting in this or you've never watched, you know, a like a Universal horror movie in the past 10 years. Right. It it definitely is one of those where you know exactly what you're getting from the trailer. And, I mean, I didn't hate it. Like, I don't think it's a... It's not a poorly made movie. It's just a bad movie. Yeah. Um, But, I, I mean, it's... It's fine. It's like, totally it's serviceable as, like, a teen horror movie that's made by Universal. Like, it completely stands up with the rest of those. It's not significantly worse or better than anything in that genre. Um... But, I, I don't know, it's just, <laughs> the plot is, like, pretty stupid. The characters all have weird exposition moments and weird character choices. The writing's pretty bad. <laughs> but... <laughs> I, I just don't understand why they, like, flesh out the characters so much. Yeah, like, I mean... There's no reason for it. If you're just gonna kill them all up, like, why do they just destroy this girl's life? <laughs> like, oh, her dad? He was a drug addict? He was a rapist? And he killed himself. Right. Okay. <laughs> like, 
You could have just stopped it. He's a rapist. Right. Like, he's already bad. After building up the whole movie that she has these, like, heartbreaking moments where she's watching old videos of him on her phone just to hear his voice. Like, how much he misses like, her dad. Oh, that guy? He was the second coming of Hitler. Yeah. Fuck that guy. <laughs> right. right. that dude in an army, he would have committed genocide. It's like, it's like come like, on. What? Why do you gotta do that? Give the and girl then they're a like, break. oh, Jesus. They're like, oh, sh- she has a gun and she's addicted to heroin as well. It's like, are you kidding me? Like, why did you do that? And then they let her live. Oh, we didn't talk about the you you found you found like a really good like foreshadowing moment in this with the ending. We didn't even talk about the ending. Yeah, so there's one part in the end that I thought was actually kind of interesting because it is a callback to the beginning of the movie. So uh in the very beginning of the movie, when they all sat down to play the game of Truth or Dare. One of the first questions that's asked uh, to Olivia, the main character, is... Uh, oh, that's her name. Like, if there was a alien invasion and it was going to kill every single person in the whole world, like, choose whether you would save everybody in this room or have just, like, the seven people in the room die and then have everybody else live. And so she's like, well, I'm a humanitarian and I was going to go on Habitat for Humanity, so I would choose that we all die and everybody else gets to live. And everyone's like, oh, that's stupid. Like, you're not going to save us? And she's like, nope, I'd rather have us all die. And then, <laughs> very end of the movie, <laughs> it gets to the point nope. <laughs> where it's down to just her, uh, Olivia, and Marky. And so Why is her name Marky? Huh? Like, also. Yeah. I don't like that her weird, name is Marky. Weird name. <laughs> but, uh, so it's down to the two of them, and it's basically like the demon's gonna make them kill each other, and then that would be the end of the game because no one else would be playing because they both be dead. So then Olivia's like, "Well, I don't want Marky to die." <laughs> no, you're forgetting the part where they manage to get the demon into the game. No, oh, yeah. And then she fucking ruins her one chance <laughs> to like kill the demon or something. She's gonna be like, "I dare you to kill yourself" or something like that, you know? How about but, I dare you to end the game? And then what's yeah, it gonna the do? De- End the game. The demon's like, uh, the demon. She gets to ask the demon a truth, and she's like, "How do how do I win?" And he's like, "You don't." <laughs> and then kills her. Yeah, like how stupid is that? <laughs> like that's so unsatisfying. But uh, so they're in that position, and then she's like, "Well, I'm gonna choose to save you." And there's like this very small plot line that she has a YouTube channel. So, oh yeah, she that almost went right over my head. So she but they bring it up twice. A video to YouTube, and she's like, "Hey, everybody, this is real. This game of truth or dare is gonna kill you." Uh, blah blah blah. Like this, we went to Mexico and we broke this thing, and now the demon's out. And so, like, if you're asked to play the game, then you're in it, and it's gonna go between like everybody who sees this video. So, truth or dare, and then it like ends with the stinger of somebody who's watching the video gets, like, the demon's face and is going to presumably kill their closest family member. So she chooses to kill every single person who's watching the video to save her friend or at least postpone her friend's death instead of just letting the two of them die and save everybody else. Yeah. I don't want to give them too much credit, but if they thought about that... I think they definitely... Pretty smart. They thought about it, for sure. It just wasn't well executed. (laughs) No, it felt like a massive character betrayal. (laughs) Yeah, it was really... Which I hate. (laughs) It's really really a weird weird, uh, icing on the cake there at the very end. Like, I'm a pretty even-keel person, you know? Like, I don't like conflict. I try to just keep everyone happy in my life, Uh, you know? But 
it just really rubbed me the wrong way how they handled the kid who had to tell his dad he was gay. It's like, you couldn't have thought that through just a little better? Like, what what was your goal? I don't understand. They, like, made the... Like, being a hard-ass does not make you a homophobe. You know, like, the dad's a cop. Right. You know, like, of course he's gonna have rules and shit. He's a cop. Right. That doesn't make you... Like, I just don't understand how that... It's like in the first Purge how they want to make it look like, like like Staten Island is being held down by all the white people in America, but then they just repeatedly beat down over the main character's head how bad of a person he is for being a drug dealer. Yeah. It's like they don't even know what message they're trying to give Yeah, you. it's weird. There's definitely some weird writing and like some really not thought out character moments. Um but I think overall it's okay. I'd give it like a two out of four. Uh, yeah, two out of five. Why did you two out of four? five? Sorry, I was thinking what? Joe Bob four stars. Oh. Yeah, two <laughs> out of like, five. What? Like really <laughs> threw me the first thing. <laughs> I did two out of five on a uh, letterbox. Yeah, that's what I would give it. I said it's better than Blair Witch Two: Book of Shadows because well, it is. That's true. Like it's competent. You know, like yeah. you're getting, you're looking for something fun to watch. It's, I think it's like an hour and a half long. I, if you like a Ouija and you like the Lazarus effect and you like American Horror Story, you're gonna be like, damn, this is good. It's it's inoffensive, but it's not great. No, it's not inoffensive. It's offensive because of the, how they handle the gay character. That's true. It's a bit offensive. I just mean like in I, the sense I think of... I said it's inoffensive like ten minutes ago. <laughs> I don't know. I I just. I'm obviously not the person to be commenting on that. I just thought the way they wrote that part was weird. Yeah, I, I agree. There are, there are definitely some weird moments like that that really didn't sit well <laughs> with with me after watching it. I just... I don't know. I just think it's stupid that if there's a gay character in a movie, it has to be a plot point. Like, why can't he just be, like, a guy? I don't know. <laughs> like, it's one of those things where they did the same thing, like you said, in... Uh, first purge where it's like they want to say a message but they don't want to come down on either side of it at all so they just kind of throw it out there in limbo and they're like well we said something about it didn't we we said all of it bye (laughs) but yeah i don't know it was weird oh we never even talked about the doctor anything you want to say about him i thought it was really dumb that like you know like the whole thing is the game keeps trying to fuck up their lives with the truth thing so this one guy I have no idea what school they go to because they're all seemingly the same age, but somehow this guy is like at the point in med school where he can write prescriptions, which... Well, no, because he's applying for med school. I think he just stole a prescription pad from something. Is he, from a oh, because his dad... Yeah, his dad. Yeah. He has his dad's pen. It's like, all right, whatever. But then he goes and he's doing his interview and then he, like the thing's like, truth or dare, the lady who's interviewing him for med school. And then he's like, truth. And then it's like... How many fake prescriptions have you written? All he has to do is just yell like thirty. <laughs> like, right? If you just said, she's like, not gonna know. One hundred and eighty, and she's like, "Well, okay, one hundred eighty. What? You're like, bye, and you walk away. Yeah, she snaps out of it. She's <laughs> like, "All right, cool. See ya. That was weird. Great, great interview. <laughs> but his his kill is pretty cool. He like jokers himself. He like puts a pen in front of his eye and slams his head in a wall. And this show, the show's eye. Yeah, I mean, 
that's an that's a pretty okay effect. It's just it also has him with the shit-eating grin that looks terrible, oh, so yeah. it kind of cancels it out. You know what else I noticed when the when the Mexican castle is crumbling at the end, uh, there's some really good CGI. Oh yeah, like when the building's <laughs> like, falling apart. Phenomenal. Yeah, that I don't know why. Like, like the building was falling apart. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I just like I took that as at face value. <laughs> I was blown away after that part happened. Yeah, I, I didn't like, think about, I didn't give that one second thought. I was like, whoa, that building's falling apart. <laughs> Uh, but then I thought it was weird that they could just willingly go to Mexico whenever they want. <laughs> like, it seemed extremely easy for them to just drive into Mexico. I mean, I guess they're in California. Yeah, like, I mean, where to else be would fair, be? I've never driven to Mexico, but, like, I just assumed, like, I don't know, I, what, my only ref- frame of reference for this is Sicario, when, like, that guy gets sniped in his car and no one notices. Yeah. And there's, like, a billion cars lined up. But they just make it look like, oh shit, we gotta go back to Mexico to get back to the castle. Yep. And they're just there. So we... And then, <laughs> oh my god. I forgot about the scene with the, like, the old woman. <laughs> I, I, mean, this, <laughs> I don't want to keep harping on it, but... No, no, it's fine. Uh, so there's one scene where they go back because they find one of the original people who played the game. Who, like, started the right. whole Truth or Your Monster, the demon. And so they go to her house... And they make it a point to be like, we were really waiting outside a long time, just so you know. And then, which like doesn't do anything, but they just let her in the house. And then they're trying to talk to the old woman and she writes everything down. It's like, terrible. Like, why would you have one of the moments explaining the story to be literally a woman writing down what's going on on a pad of paper and then having one of the characters read it? Why did she have to sacrifice her tongue? Why didn't she sacrifice one of her eyes? Or both of them. They could ever be blind. Then she could still talk. Also, why why is it even relevant that they made her, that she made them wait outside that long when they <laughs> That's get what inside? It's really weird. She, she has to write out another paragraph because they ask her the one question she didn't think of an answer for to write down before they came in there while they were waiting outside for an hour. She writes it down in a matter of four seconds. It's like a full page of writing. Yeah. So that's a really weird she, moment. It's like a really she bad... She also shows her cut-off tongue. She's got like 90% of her tongue. Yeah. I feel like she defi- could still... Like, I think you could like, definitely talk with that much of your tongue. I cut out my tongue. Yeah, <laughs> you easily do that. It's just... I just did it. it, it it's, it's a really bad choice for one of the moments that's explaining the villain to have it be explained by someone who can't talk and doesn't Dude, know like, look at this sign fun language twist on or anything. The most played-out plot point in any horror movie that's made for teenagers and early 20 year olds yeah um so that part was really bad but also there were no computers in the library yeah just think about that really fucked with me think about a a computer (laughs) think about a library a high a college library in 2015 and if you don't imagine one computer in there then you're obviously wrong yeah uh i also they never explained what her youtube channel is (laughs) <laughs> it looked like it was just her talking about uh, Habitat for Humanity, but also she gets a million oh. hits because she does a video of her saying, uh, this game's going to kill you, and everybody across the world sees it. Yeah, I don't get that. That was weird. So, there you go. Truth or dare. <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed it. <laughs> That's the weird thing. Like, I had fun watching it. It's fun. I don't know why. It's like kind of fun, but I don't think it was very good. No. So, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it'll get a sequel. No, and I think that's fine. <laughs> yeah, like, I just, I feel like 
making a movie about the game of truth or dare was a monumental like undertaking and they did it i mean they did it well enough to where it works as a movie but it's just not it's like such a bad concept for a movie that it just can't be done very well i want uh i want to make one called russian roulette (laughs) it's five minutes long because it turns out there's six bullets in the gun (laughs) and then like they all kill themselves within five minutes well i feel like because a demon a demon loaded six bullets a demon possesses the bullet and it talks to you before it shoots you in the head yeah and the bullet has a shit-eating grin on its face (laughs) yep (laughs) (laughs) so uh that's our review of blumhouse's truth or dare the unrated director's cut why do they put blumhouses before it they're trying to capitalize trying to make that money Get their name recognition out there. Do you think, like, at Blumhouse and Blumhouse HQ, the Blum Zone, there's, like, a big whiteboard? You know how you can, like, you have a whiteboard and you can put a magnet on the back of laminated paper? Yeah. Our teachers used to do that. Do you think they have, like, a big whiteboard and a bunch of laminated paper with all of their movies? And then they, when they're making a new movie, they put the poster on the whiteboard and then they just, like, drag down the movie titles until they find the one that's, like, from Blumhouse, the producers of... <laughs> Blank and blank. Like this one, I think they would put a Ouija, Origin of Evil, and the Lazarus Effect. But on Split or or Glass, they'll put from the producers of Get Out and The Visit. You know? I think they just always do whatever the biggest one was. Because I've seen Happy Death Day, Get Out, and The Purge a lot. And I think those are like the big money makers. Right. Some, they make they produce so many movies. Yeah, that's crazy. It's insane. They're a machine over there. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. But uh, if you go, you guys should definitely let us know what you thought of Truth or Dare. If you thought we were too nice or too harsh, let us know at fearfrequencypodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at fearfrequency, and you can follow me at Jimmy Champagne, and uh, go to go to my YouTube channel and subscribe to that. Where can we find you, George? Uh, I'm on all the social media, at George Frizzard. You've been tweeting a lot lately. I've been trying. You're doing a good good job. <laughs> you're, bring, you're bringing some like light to this darkness in my life <laughs> of like, having to bootleg my own thumbnail. I appreciate that. Yeah, so uh, you want to bring us home? Yeah, uh, as always, come back next week for more horror news and reviews, and you never know who might be listening.